Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Voice of Adoptees, which brings together diverse and unique voices from around the world to share their stories. If you liked today's episode, remember to give us a like, subscribe, and leave a review. Here's your host, David Shunk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Voice of Adoptees, part two of an interview with Michelle. Michelle, it's good to see you again. For those who are just tuning in, Michelle's an adoptee from England, but she's also an adoptive parent as well as an author. Uh, we got to speak with her a few days ago about her current work and her story, but now we're going to kind of change it up and talk about her adopted uh, son story. So, Michelle, welcome. Good to see you again. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's it's such a it's a double treat to be back. So thank you very much. Absolutely. So tell us about your experience as an adoptive parent. Why did you choose to adopt and why internationally? You know, such a good question. And it is such a journey. You know, I think back on growing up as an international adoptee. And I remember as a girl even thinking, well, if I were, if I ever, if I ever were to be a mother, I would probably do it through adopting a child. And I really didn't know what that meant exactly. I was very young, but I think it just felt like familiar to me. Like that would be maybe a, a, a natural thing to do. I I don't really know. I can't tell you the like there was a moment where I went, this is what I'm going to do. I just kind of always felt it inside of me. And I, I have to, if, if I can point you to a section of my new book, Let Us Be Greater, A Gentle Guided Path to Healing for Adoptees. I, I write about it looking back at the journey to adopt. And I have a, you know, I have a son who is adopted from Russia and I have a daughter who was adopted from Ethiopia. And I write about this process by saying this in the book. I didn't view adoption as saving a child. God knows I'm no savior. I hadn't chosen this path of adopting in order to fill some empty part of myself. My own experience as an adoptee had shown me the mental and emotional stress that is created when a parent puts that kind of responsibility on their child. Perhaps I knew that I could give to my two internationally adopted children what I did not receive growing up. I could love and accept them as they are and let them be who they are here to be. I could embrace every part of their story and identity and openly honor their first families and first countries. I could acknowledge the loss they experienced because I know it's real. I could say, I understand. And so as I share that in the book, early, early in the book, I think that hopefully that answers the question. I think those were the internal, uh, that was the internal processing going on as I sort of organically came to adopting two children from different places in the world. I think that sense of feeling understood as an adoptee growing up and as a parent being willing to understand, really lean into your child's experience and hear them and honor where they come, knowing that they entered their new situation with a history and a story. I think all of those things are very, very important and perhaps I just somehow innately knew that I could offer that to a child. Yeah, 
that's really, you know, it's impressive that you're an adoptee yourself and now you've got to adopt two kids and you get to kind of use your experience in some way to benefit them, but also benefit yourself too, because, you know, as a parent, I'm sure you told many people you learn from your kids um, a lot of things. And just to listen to what they think about adoption and I can't even begin to imagine the conversations you get to have. And, you know, that's, that's probably really special. Thank you. I was just going to say, we do have some very deep and open, I think, honest conversations about adoption. I've never, I've never presented it to them as this perfect thing. I have always, from the very beginnings, spoken out loud, the honor, the, the honoring of their first culture, their first families, their you know, ancestral line, all of that. I think that's very, very important. And so the conversations are deep and they're very open, I think, and honest. I don't ever push, but I think one thing that my kids have said to me many, many times is that we're just so glad you, you understand, mom, you can understand where we're coming from. And I do think that's important. Wow. That's, that's powerful right there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how did you find in choose uh, an adoption agency? I was, if I I go back to that time, I was living in New Mexico and I had been writing, I had started writing on adoption. I had left my, my career in television news and I'd started writing for, on adoption. And I'd started writing my own experiences, like memories and and journaling and doing some deep healing work on my own and coming to understand that I had some, some pain points inside of me that I I needed to work out. I think, you know, when I was in television news, I, you look back at why you, why you choose careers, right? And I think we have so many talents and ways of expressing ourselves in this life. Certainly television news was one that I benefited from in many ways But I also think that I chose that career because I had a real desire, need, almost um, hunger to be seen. And that was a way that I went about it at the time. And so I was working in television news and had recently left television news when I, I got married and I was living in New Mexico. And, you know, coming out of news, I was I was writing. I was still practicing journalism, but in a different way. And I met, you know, people in New Mexico who were, you know, working in that, in in that space. And there was an agency in New Mexico that I, I came in contact with and the woman, her name is Donna and she was really lovely lady. And I had a conversation with her one day, I remember about potentially adopting. And that's how it started. I I started a conversation with this woman and built a relationship with her. And I asked a lot of questions and she was very forthcoming and open and honest about the process, the ups and downs, the difficulties um, with international adoption at the time. And I just remember feeling a good feeling about this woman and her ability to guide me if that is what my husband and I had, you know, chose to do ultimately. I think it's really important to 
ask a lot of questions, not only of agencies that are out there, but of yourself, the whys you're considering adopting, um, all of that, the whys, the whens, the hows of adoption. It's really important to do that deep exploratory work, if you will, both within and also, you know, externally as you research and look at how you might step onto this path. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, just your own research before you get involved. And then when you officially commit to that process, I'm, you know, from what my parents have told me, the agency themselves, you know, they put you through a pretty rigorous process as well to make sure the adoptive parents are, you know, fit to have uh, that child become a part of their family. Absolutely. For the most part. And it's important to do so for obvious reasons. <laughs> Absolutely. And, 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 and parents, those considering adoption should be willing to do that because everything should be centered around the child and the well-being of the child. And it is so important to educate yourself in the beginnings, the early, early beginnings to understand um, not only the process, but but the child and what your child might experience, whether you're adopting a child as an infant or, you know, um, you know, older, uh, an older child, it's so important to understand what that looks like and that adoption is rooted in loss. And it is so important for parents to get that because sometimes I think in the preparation that parents go through to, you know, get ready for adoption, understanding how the paperwork and, you know, all, all of the things that come along with that and some classes that you take. I look back and no one ever talked about adoption loss. I knew it innately. I knew it because I had experienced it, but no class talked about that to prepare parents that their children would be coming into their home with a sense of loss within their little beings. And that is so important for parents to understand and to be prepared for, I think. Yeah, uh, you could have said it any better. I totally agree with you, mm -hmm. which goes beautifully into the next question is, during this process, did you have any fears as you went through this process? Of, of being able to parent? Oh, well, sure. Yeah, we'll start there. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I had any fears about parenting a child through adoption. I, I don't remember that. I think I probably had fears around maybe the, the process and making sure that it was transparent and, you know, keeping my eyes open, asking questions. And if, if something didn't feel right in my gut, you know, yeah. speaking up about that, I think that it was just very important to me that there was transparency. And if I have any fear going back and thinking about it, it was probably um, the fear of a lack of transparency within the process. Right. And right. I think it's, it's very important to, you know, to understand that that transparency is key and to ask questions because there are stories out there that are, are disturbing of, you know, parents finding out, I mean, about their children, you know, later in life or um, after the child has been adopted, that maybe the story that the 
the adoptive parents were given wasn't necessarily truth-based. And, and we have to be very much aware of this and, and to make sure that the process is as truth-filled as um, it can possibly be. And I'm not saying make up, make up answers to my questions. If you don't <laughs> know, tell me you don't know and let me see how I can potentially find out why. You know what I mean? I, I just think you right. got to keep digging and digging and digging and keeping people and, and, and making sure everyone involved in the process is accountable. Right. Doug, yeah. I mean, you touched on a very important uh, subject, especially for me personally, about truth, about uh, knowing the facts when you're adopted, especially being an international adoptee. Uh-huh. As I think I was explaining to you our last visit, how, you know, in Russia, they made up a lot of sometimes facts about the kids. And um, we can talk about uh, that I know you, I don't know if you had to deal with that or your adoption with your uh, son might have been different. But, you know, back when the 90s, the Russian government was putting false information down, making up health problems for the children, because this was the only way they were eligible to get out of the country for adoption was to say this child has too many medical problems and it, we can't like help. Her. Yeah. I, I, I do know that. And, and I will say, I don't go into, um, uh, deep specifics about my children's uh, adoption stories because I believe that their stories are theirs to own and to share. But I, but I can say I know that there are things because I've talked to my kids about it, and there are yeah. things that they say, "Oh, that's okay, mom. You can, you know, share that." But my my experience in Russia was was similar in that there was a laying out of um, um, medical diagnoses, etc. That that weren't true, but it was the way it was the mechanism by which international adoption could be opened up. If if that makes sense. So we did experience that. I know with my daughter in Ethiopia, it's, it's interesting because there, the process was so different in each country. I remember the stacks and stacks and stacks of paperwork in Russia, it wasn't as much um, as in, it was a lot of paperwork, but not near as much as in, in Russia. Um, but I remember um, receiving a birth date for my daughter, and I didn't believe it was the actual date. Mm. And I couldn't get it out of my system. Yeah. This was not the date she was, was born. And I just wouldn't accept it. And I dug and I dug and I dug and I dug and I found her actual date of birth because she deserved that. She didn't just, they don't deserve, you know, we don't deserve as adoptees for someone just to assign a birth date to us. Um, And, and, and maybe sometimes the birth date isn't known and there's nothing, you know, more that can be done. But I just, as a parent, I, I, um, I urge, I urge people to, if it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. And where there's a will, there's a way. My daughter just, my daughter deserved to know her actual birth date and it wasn't going to stop until I found it. And I did find it. And I'm very grateful that I didn't stop and just accept, you know, what they told me. I think that's, that's very important to follow your gut as a, as a parent and, fight for that information for your child as much information that is factual as you can possibly get fight for that ask ask for it you know absolutely and 
you don't mind me asking, how did you how did you figure that out? Curious, did you have to like petition the whole government or something? <laughs> no, you know, I talked to a lot of people and I dug and dug and I said there must be more there must be more information. There must be more paper paperwork. You've given me a certain amount, but I feel like there's more. And and you know, I feel like there's something there. So they pulled more files out and within those files there was a slip of paper by someone in the village where she's from. And it had, it documented more of her story and her actual birth date. And there it was wow. in front of me. And it was, it was a little tiny slip of paper stuffed in a bunch of folders that no one really had taken the time to, to go through. And so, you know, they, they had done, when she arrived to Addis Ababa, they had done a medical exam and just as per her size, et cetera, they estimated a date of birth and said, well, we're probably within like three months of the actual. And I said, well, that, uh, that's not good enough. And so I feel very blessed that we found that. And I, and I am very, very glad that I was as, as pesky as I was, but you know, I had an investigative journalism background and I, I just kept asking and asking. You don't, you don't mess around with those people. (laughs) No, I'm looking for the facts. And so we got them and, and her birthday, I got to tell you when I saw it, number one, I knew that was it. And, and it's, it's so beautiful because the numbers in her birthday are so reflective of the the personality and the characteristics that she possesses. It's really, really cool. That's awesome. So we, we, we're able to get the birthday officially changed in documents? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, okay. That's awesome. Everything was officially, once I got stateside, I petitioned the courts and I got everything legally changed to reflect what was true. Got it. Wow. That, that's awesome. That's really cool. My next question for you is, are you open to having your kids visit their home country? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we do as much as we can. And, and we have been back to Russia. Okay. Um, not recently, but we have been back. And I know my son, who's 18 now, he wants to go back at some point And we will I look forward to that. My daughter has, she's 13 and she's expressed that she definitely wants to go back, but she's, she's right now, she's leaning more toward maybe 15 or 16 is, is she says what feels right for her. And so, you know, what we do is say, when you feel the time is right, we are here for you and we will help to facilitate. And it has to be in their own time. And in their own way, I think as parents, we're here to facilitate and support, never to push or force. That's really key. And, you know, also offering within our home an atmosphere of feeling like their cultures are part of our family and part of our household. I mean, if you walk around my house, you'll see paintings from Russian artists. You'll see carvings from Africa and, and, and things that represent their culture and their heritage. And always, always the warm, open embrace of their, their countries of origin and their families of origin. Always. Yeah. 
that's you know that's refreshing to hear from an adoptee to just know that you went to the length that you did to make your um, children feel very welcome and remind them of who they are, where their story began, and kind of a sense of pride. And that's really cool because you know I have honestly not heard a lot of stories like that. A lot of adoptees from like the '90s era and my my era, I guess, was you know we were adopted and. A lot of the parents said, okay, you're American now. That's it. Like, we're done. Like, <laughs> and a, a lot of parents just, you know, I mean, granted, I had, you know, my, my, uh, my, <laughs> my family never uh, really, you know, cooked Russian food or any of that, mainly because, as my mom puts it, my dad has too many food rules. So, you know, he's very picky. So we couldn't have, like, oh, nope, can't have that. Can't, cabbage, oh, that's never going to happen. Beets, that's red. Don't even try, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, no, but that's just really, that's really cool that you do that. But, you know, it's, oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. I'm just, that's, that's, um, it's, it's interesting because I, I was going to say, you know, me too. I understand what you're saying because when I was adopted, right. Um, my, my, my mother would say, you're one of us now, you know, what happened first doesn't exist anymore. You're American now. And, and the fact of the matter is I had been adopted into America, but I was still very much this, this girl who was half English, half Spanish. And I felt that I felt that, and I didn't feel that I could express that. And so I did stuff it way down and it didn't serve me in my life. It was really, uh, it was a, a painful part of my growing up. I say to my kids, now I, I don't, I don't want to upset people when I say this because they're proud to be American. I'm proud to be American, but I, I tell my kids, you were Russian first, you were Ethiopian first, never lose that sense of who you are and where you originated. It's very important because it's an honoring of your fullest story. And we can weave in the, the adoption story within that tapestry, but never forget where you came from. And even with food, I will say, I was just in England and I will walk over, you know, hot coals for mushy peas. It, it's like, it soothes my soul. And my kids love me every year at Christmas, we do a, a sort of a multicultural spread on the table. I make Russian, you know, Russian plates and there's always injera and um, lentils for my daughter. Um, I make a, 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 a wicked English chocolate trifle. It's, it's all spread out. It's just a potpourri. But what I found- Wow, where, where's, the, where's the invite? Come on. You come on over. You are welcome anytime. But it's soul food. My daughter will say, because we'll go to Ethiopian restaurants, and as she's eating, she'll and she wants to eat with her hands, right? She wants to scoop up the food in the injera. It's it's like it's holy for her. And she says, This is soul food for me, mommy. And it is, and I honor that. And I don't want, you know, I want parents to understand. Our parents didn't do anything, but they weren't doing anything intentional. They just didn't know. And that's why it's so important for adoptees to share this part of their journeys and these feelings, emotions, these perspectives and experiences, because if you're not adopted, how would you know that scooping up the lentils and injera for your Ethiopian child is food for her soul? We, we've got to talk about those things and because it matters. Yeah, exactly. Or like when, you know, I try to cook Russian cabbage rolls, how 
you know, my dad thinks it smells like wet diapers, apparently. So that's real pleasant. When Imagine trying to cook and enjoy that food when uh, he walks in and goes, oh, what is this? Like, <laughs> well, you do, you do need to come over because my son, he also, he's, you know, 18, but he loves to cook it. He really does enjoy um, the his, his Russian plates. And, and, and he we do honor that Russian palate. He loves, number one, he loves to eat. But it is important. It, it may sound simple and, and as like a small thing, but it's really not. It's a big deal yeah, for us. It's a big, it's a big deal, as you know. Yeah, it's a big deal for adoptees. And it's like, you know, it's as you get older, I realize that you look back and you just said it perfectly. You know, we're not saying this to be negative to our adopted parents. They're, you know, they did their best. They thought at the time what they doing was right. And you know, in their eyes, maybe they just, it, in, I think my adopted mother even said the same thing. It, you know, it didn't really cross my mind that much that, you know, if I tried to make, you know, borscht or something, it would be such a big deal. I just didn't cross my mind and you never asked for it. And I just assumed you didn't really care much. And to be fair, I guess, you know, I wasn't as curious really growing up until I got older about my other side and all that in the story. But I will say, um, one thing my parents did right when you made the comment to in regards to your children when they're ready to make that journey to start looking into their birth countries or take a trip back that you know it has to be when they're ready and my adopted parents were the same way but it was interesting because they never like really told me that they that like they're re- ready to go it basically was just like a distinct kind of uh reaction when i just walked up to them one day and said, I need to go to Russia and see my family. And right then and there, they're like, okay, done. You know, let's go, bo- let's, let's go book it right now. Let's, let's do it. And, and it was, <laughs> the timing was a little sketchy because they were going through a lot of stuff and uh, Russia invaded Crimea. And I decided, Hey, let's go travel. <laughs> so uh, before before we went over there, we actually met with my adoption agent uh, in the U.S. who handled our adoption, my adoption, and she told us, "When you're over there, just say you're Canadian. <laughs> don't 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 get involved with the politics because you're, you're going to go in there and they're going to ask you, oh, you're American. You know, what do you think of all this? No, nope, don't 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 even. Yeah. But anyway, um, not to get off track, but, you know, I, I do resonate with all the things you said, and that's a really Really well, cool. I, and I, I want to say, I just wanted to mirror back something you said, because you had said yeah. so, something about our adoption, and then you said my adoption. And I just think that's a really beautiful distinction. And I'm just so proud of you for saying that, because I think as adoptees, we do have to take ownership of our story in that way. And of course, it's it's our, our story is shared with our families and our parents, right? But at the end of the day, it is our story to own. It is my story. It is your story. And I think that was really beautiful. That was a, a, a just a, a beautiful thing I, that I caught. I wanted to mirror back. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so my next question kind of relates to the question I asked previously about how do you feel about your children wanting to go back to their birth countries? Has the topic approached yet of them being curious about their biological families? And if so, how did you approach that being an adoptee yourself? Oh, absolutely. From day one, day second one, I have been open and, 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 and I've talked about, you know, their, their first families, their first parents. I, 
and and letting my kids know that they're loved you know how how much could i possibly love the families that created these two beautiful kids that i have the privilege of raising i know that my children have two mothers and two fathers and um i i pray that we will meet them someday if that is what my children desire and they have expressed that indeed that they would like to meet their parents someday and and i always say you got it you know i will do anything and everything that i can to help facilitate that you know we know bits and pieces of information um and i it's interesting because my my daughter um, said something to me, and I can I can share this that that she you know I would like to to know my 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 birth parents she calls them because it would just be it would be cool to see what they look like, and I said I I I so get that I so understand I had those same feelings growing up, and I said and I hope that we can that you can have that moment where you're standing face to face with them. And I said, but what I do want to empower you with this thought is that all you need to do is look in the mirror and they're there. They're right there in front of you. And I, and I understand the, the desire because I had the same desire and I was able to, to reunite with some of my, you know, birth family, not all, but some, but I just want my kids to know that it, I don't want them to feel so separated from, from, from that aspect of who they are, from that identity. And, and I remind them all you need to do in this moment, right here, right now, it's all we have, right? Is look in the mirror and there they are staring back at you and they're beautiful and they're proud and they're pulsing through your veins. I want you to take a moment and really feel that and see that because that is a, a, a healing balm, if you will. It, it does matter to remind our children that their birth families are, are, are right there, right? And you can touch it and you can, and you can see it in the mirror and, and, and you don't have to feel so separated and isolated from that part of yourself. I think that's so key, um, but absolutely a hundred gazillion percent I want them to have everything that they need to feel whole um, with their story, with who they are. And, and I think it would be a, a beautiful moment for them. And I pray for that every day, that that can happen someday, someday. We don't know the timing, you know, we don't, we don't know the timing, but I hope that for them because they've expressed it would be nice. It, it would be, it would be important for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. How do you plan to support your children when they face any potential roadblocks during this process of reuniting with their birth family? For instance, say maybe they're hoping for something and it doesn't happen the way they see it. How are you going to be there and support them during that moment? Sharing my my journey, I think that's going to be really key and essential that I am as open and, and honest, not, not like placing my stuff on them, but 
helping to prepare them by sharing my own story vulnerably and honestly with them that reunion isn't perfect. It's not perfect. And there will be many unexpected things come up, some that are delightfully unexpected and some that might be disappointing. And the important thing is, and this comes back to not forcing your child or pushing your child, is I think every adoptee needs to feel a sense of readiness to step into reunion. I think that's really key because how you step into it matters. There needs to be a knowing that no matter what happens or doesn't happen, that you can enter that situation and leave it feeling whole and and supported and loved and seen and understood and held through the experience because it's multi-layered, it's complicated. And, you know, I thought when I reunited with my, my first mother, my birth mother, um, oh, she's going to give me all the answers that I've, you know, been praying for. And, and that didn't happen. And there were a lot of hurts that happened along the way, but I dare say that I would be who I am today had I not stepped into reunion, the the ups and downs of it, and and just journeyed through it, and I I can't say that at the time I had people around me who understood, so it was pretty confusing, and sometimes heartbreaking, but I I do feel blessed that I can when the time comes guide my children through reunion with the reminder that I do understand and they can talk to me about anything and everything. I, I think there's, uh, let me reference, let us be greater again, because there is for, for anyone out there listening who is a parent, you know, I think I have a reflection exercise in the book called open and I go into far more detail, of course, in the book. It's later in the book. But basically, open is O, offering unconditional love always to your child. P, prepare safe spaces for hearing your child. E is for engaging with your child, never forcing your opinion on them or judging them. Allow your child's you know, truth to emerge. And N is for nurturing an atmosphere of always here and always ready to listen. And I think if if parents would work within that framework of open and what that means. And again, I go into more detail in the book. Um, I think that sets a framework for, um, for transparency, vulnerability, real open and honest conversation and ultimately incredible transformation. Yeah, that's, that's a really cool acronym. I like that open. Beautiful. Have you ever met any other adoptive parent? like yourself, who kind of have a similar story as you do, and you get to uh, share your thoughts and opinions with. And, or maybe if you didn't meet a, another parent who was an adoptee themselves, but also adopted children, other adoptive parents out there. I, I know I, I rarely meet, or at least in my experience to date, adoptive parents who are also adopted. I mean, I know they're out there and, but, but like personally, I, in my, you know, my friend group, in my community, I know more parents who are, who adopted, but are not adopted themselves. They're not adoptees. And so there's a lot of sometimes coming to me and asking, you know, sharing. And I think that's, 
I, I just think it's important to be really open and honest parenting in general, but um, especially, you know, adopting, if, if you haven't lived that experience intimately, it's really important to lean in and ask adoptees how they feel, you know, what was that like? It's very important to be willing to hear adoptee perspective as, as a parent um, raising an adopted child. That's, yeah, that's pretty much what I was thinking would be the answer. So I'm glad that we came to that conclusion. Yeah. I mean, you know, seek out, you know, seek out adoptee communities, listen to what we have to say and what we share on social media, read books by adoptees, you know, learn, 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 and be willing to hear us with open minds and open hearts is really key. Have you ever had any of these conversations with other adoptive, adopted parents resonate with you more than others? Any key takeaways that you remember from a conversation that really just stuck with you? Or if there's too many to share, then that's perfect. There, there are so many, but I think, again, the most transformative conversations have been ones where maybe a question is posed and there is a, just a, you know, I like to say pillows of grace around the conversation, you know, soft landings, yeah. just soft landings. We're not here to judge each other. We're never going to get anywhere if we sit around and judge and say, oh, well, no, you're wrong and you're not right and I'm right. And, you know, I, I think we have to really put pillows of grace around this conversation and, and understand as parents, we too are learning and growing. And it's, it's really important to hear from other, other parents and, and especially again, other adoptees. I, I, I know that I have had moments where adoptive parents have just been like, oh, wow, you know, wow, I didn't think about it that way. I never thought that my child might feel this way so early on. A lot of times it's, you know, I never, I, I just didn't think that my child would be having these wonderings so early in their life. You know, I didn't think that they have, would have any memory of what came first. I, I like to say to adoptees, it's, it's, it makes sense to wonder. It makes sense to wonder. And I think parents need to just understand that your child is wondering and it's a beautiful thing. Let them wonder and and create that open safe space for them to come to you and wonder because the conversation the discovery the connection the bonding is so enriching when we just open ourselves up and say i'm 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 here to learn i'm going to be a sponge because i i want to make sure that i am, am here for my child in every way they need me to be here. And in order to do that, as a non-adoptee parent, I need to hear adoptees. I need to listen to them. Right. That's very important to share your knowledge with uh, other adoptive parents and parents in general, because, I mean, everyone can learn from everyone. That's the key. Communication and gathering the intelligence, really. And, and I, I will say, I think one of the things that just came to me is that I think the struggle can be sometimes as an adoptive parent, what if my child expresses love for the first parents? 
What if they, what if they are wondering about their first parents and where does that leave me? You know, and the, 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 it's so important to remind adoptive parents that your child holds the capacity to love both. And, and we are healthier people when we can embrace the both and of our lived experience as adoptees. And if they are wondering about their first parents and loving their first parents and grieving their first parents, it doesn't mean that their love for you is any less. And I don't think that adoptees should ever feel guilty about that. It is, it is natural. It is valid. It is real. And it is important for them to feel these things. Yeah, absolutely. My favorite question, what advice would you like to give to other adoptive parents? That is a wonderful question. And you know what I'm going to, I think is as, as adoptive parents, it's really important that your adoptee is shown that it is absolutely okay to feel what is real within them in order to heal to grow and understand deeper understanding of who they are and why they're here to become more of who they're here to be. And, and if you love your adoptee unconditionally, as I'm sure that you do, you want this for them. You'll want that for them. So make space for the meaningful conversation without judgment and be open to hearing their perspective. I think that's really key. It's, it, it sort of is a, a summary of what we've been talking about, but I think that is, is really important. Let them feel what is real for them so that they can move forward in their lives and put the pieces together for themselves, the pieces of their story, and let them live their narrative out loud in the world. That's what they're here to do. Because when they do that, they can step into all that they're here to be. And what parent doesn't want that for their child? Michelle, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure getting to talk to you over the last couple of days. Uh, or over this two-part series, we learned a lot from you. I've learned a lot from you. I thank you very, very much for doing this. The um, experience that you bring and the stories are just amazing. And like I said, I really want that signed uh book. So uh, I'm sure we can arrange that. <laughs> we will um, We will arrange it. And I just want you to know, I'm, I'm super proud of you. You're an incredible light in the world and you are invited to dinner anytime. We will make all the Russian dishes we know how to make. And if we don't know how to make it, we'll learn how to make it. That sounds awesome. That sounds great. Uh, that's, you know, I'll take, you know, I'll take you up on that. So I hope you will. If I if I just show up one night, you're that's just we, the way it's going to be. We will figure it out because my son would love to meet you. I mean, he really it does fill his heart up when he connects with other Russian adoptees. So, by the way, just a quick note: he took three years of Russian in high school. The the school didn't offer Russian, and I said, "My son is from Russia. He wants." to learn his native language, his language of origin, and that must be his foreign language. So we found an outside, you know, group called Language Bird, and he took three, his three years of Russian, and he will continue to build on that. 
but it, you know, it was beautiful for him. We don't have to accept no. Help our, help our kids to connect with the truth and the roots of who they are. So I just have to add that. It just came to me. That's, that's awesome. You know, and I, I wish there were more adoptive parents that had that enthusiasm as you do. I, I, I was forced with Spanish that I barely passed. And then my attempt in college was French and barely passed that, I think so. <laughs> but I did take Russian um, privately through high school and in college. So I did have that curiosity as well. And you, and, and you were supported in that and you honored that. And I think that's the message. That's the message. Absolutely. My parents were had no problem. They're like, yep, yep, you learn it. And I think they made the joke like, <laughs> uh, you want to learn Russian? That's on you. I'm good. <laughs> Just speak English to me and that's fine. <laughs> it is a difficult language, but it's beautiful. And it's, and it's, it's, I love to hear that you, you honored yourself in that way as well. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's awesome. Well, Shell, thank you so much. And thank you to all of our listeners tuning in. For those who really enjoyed listening to this episode, remember we do have part one with Michelle as well as she talks about her story as an adoptee. And then part two, as we just finished, will be about specifically being an adoptive parent herself. You can see our episode on our website, voiceofadoptees.com. We're also on all the uh, podcast streaming platforms as well. We thank Michelle for her time. And if you're adopted yourself or want to come share your story, Check us out. We'd love to have a conversation with you just like we did with Michelle. Michelle from England. We love her and we are really appreciate her so much. Thank you all for joining in this episode and we will see you next time. Voice of Adoptees. Who am I? Thanks for listening to Voice of Adoptees. Please take a moment to like, subscribe, and leave a review. See you next time.